Who are the biggest winners coming out of round one of the 2023 NFL Draft? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, this game is definitely for you to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKDOWN, all in caps, in the game. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Magic. You can check her out on Twitter at Kate Magic. Kate, what a wild, wild round one of the 2023 NFL Draft. How are you doing today? This was madness. I'm exhausted. So much action, right? Like, oh, yeah, there was a lot of movement. There were a lot of fantasy relevant players that lost value. Um, I think we'll get into some of those. Spoiler, (laughs) they all lost value. Yeah, there were a lot, uh, there were a lot of, of picks here that are going to have ripple effects throughout these entire offenses. Now, like, we got to start off with the quarterbacks. Can you believe it? Bryce Young went. First overall, <laughs> shocker, I, shocker. Yeah, I know. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the quarterback no. because we we knew that Bryce Young would go number one. It was a little surprising to see C.J. Stroud go number two just because, you know, there were some rumblings out of Houston that they, maybe they wouldn't do that. I will say of the three quarterbacks that got picked inside the top five, I think I'm the most excited about the fit with Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, when you consider the the potential rushing attack there, especially with Anthony Richardson um, and Jonathan Taylor, like that's a one, two punch. You can't replicate many times in the NFL uh, well, and the coach with the coach, right? And you the get, coach, you get the, the perfect coach to develop that guy. I, I think he's definitely in a good spot. Um, and like, Comparatively, when you look at the Colts roster in comparison to, like, let's say the Carolina Panthers roster, who decimated their receiving core in order to, uh, you know, trade up for their quarterback of the future, like Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, like Michael Pittman's in a contract year, but they'll get it done. And I don't think it's going to cost as much as, as we'll see for some other wide receivers. Uh, who might be resetting the market here, cough, um, you know, Jamar Chase. But, like, I I think Jelani Woods, like, this is, like, a low-key, solid receiving core that I think will will be very helpful in his development as an NFL player. It's not great, right? We're not saying that the Colts have, you know, great weapons to throw to, but it's not bad either. It's not like you're having to build – No, I – we like Michael Pittman, and we think Alec Pierce going into year two can be significantly better. But and Alec Pierce at Cincinnati was a deep threat. Yes, Anthony well, Richardson throws a, a pretty deep ball, Marcus. Like that's going to be, I think, 
like maybe what, my biggest winner outside of Anthony Richardson from this. Yes. And what I'm curious game. to see is like how quickly do the Colts insert Anthony Richardson in the lineup? Remember they signed Gardner Minshew this off season. It's whatever. They still have Nick Foles on the roster. Do they just make whatever. this? A, yeah. Do they just make this a redshirt year for Anthony Richardson and no. only, or only bring him in and like, short yardage package it's just to kind of get his feet wet or do they just lean into this like hey he needs reps he's only started 13 games let's just play him and let him figure things out this year you you play him a hundred like i will stand by that over and over and over again um you play him like especially given the lack of reps that he's seen like there is no substitute for live game reps period. I don't care how many practices you're in. It, like there is nothing, no substitute for reading the field in live time against NFL coverage, right? Like he needs reps. And I, I think, you know, one of the, the detriments to Trey Lance, even though he's still only 22 years old, which has been crazy, but like yep. his not coming out was that he didn't have a lot of reps and he was, he needed more experience like, I, I think, you know, Anthony Richardson is a, a guy that has all the tools. He just needs some more experience. And I think he'll probably start to clean up some of the, the things, the accuracy. Like, it, I, I think he has he has potential to clean those things up. But I think it's going to require game reps. And I don't get don't leave him rusty on the bench because I think that was an issue with Trey Lance. I, I think I agree with you for the most part. However, I'm not opposed to letting him have the first month of the season to be like either just a backup or as a guy that comes in for a series or two, you know, because it does take these quarterbacks a while to kind of get up to the speed of the NFL. But I, I don't think it's wise to sit him for the entire year, you know, make him the third quarterback on the roster. So he doesn't get into the game. I I think we're both in agreement there. Um, Really quickly, before we move on to the running backs and the wide receivers, now that we know for sure that Bryce Young landed in Carolina and C.J. Stroud landed in Houston, which quarterback do you prefer right now in Dynasty? Oh, man. I mean, it's got to be Bryce Young just because I I think of the safe floor, but who do I think will score more fantasy points potentially in – 2023 with their surrounding cast, I think it's got to be CJ Stroud, right? Like I know this team, again, like this is not a sexy roster whatsoever traded away. uh, Brandon cooks, like Mm -hmm. not, not a solid, solid roster by any means, but I do think that there's still room in the rest of the draft to make, you know, some, some depth plays, um, they've got a solid running back, I, I think, to provide a lot of stability. Then you have Devin Singletary as the second. But, like, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, like, that's not bad. You have, you know, John Mechie, who finally returned to practice after, um, mm-hmm. you know, working through his bout with leukemia. Like, suddenly that that top three receiving core doesn't look terrible, and there's still room to to make some moves in this draft. And so Don't forget they signed Dalton Schultz this offseason as well. That's right. Oh, my. How did I miss Dalton Schultz? Mm-hmm. Um, the leading receiver for the Texans in 2023. I, um, I think there's there's a solid chance okay. CJ Stroud 
outscores him, but I, I still think you need to consider Bryce Young. But again, maybe another like low key winning point for CJ Stroud. Their move to trade back up to three to draft Will Anderson that took their first round pick next year. Mm. They are out of contention. They're in. Williams. Yeah, they're like, they're in, right? Like the, they are in on CJ Stroud. At least for the next two seasons. Yeah, which, yep. to be honest, I mean, I don't agree with the, the trading of your next year's first round pick just because that usually never works out. But I do agree with the philosophy of, hey, if we're drafting a quarterback, let's be all in on this guy. We're not going to do some half measures or anything. Let's Let's be in on CJ Stroud and try to put all the pieces around him to be successful. So I do like that. Okay, let's talk about some winners and losers at the running back in wide receiver position next. This episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM app. You've heard us talk about this mobile game before, and it's, man, it's so much fun. If you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not quite as easy as you might think to create a dynasty When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and try to lead your team to glory by building an historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you are responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances uh, from player salaries and the terms. You've got free agency. You've got draft. You get the injuries that pop up through the year and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging but realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. So you can play on the go as you want to and when you want to. Locked on Dynasty listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On, all in caps, in the game store. That is Locked On, all in caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That is ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Join Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and other locked-on NFL local experts for live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will have live coverage of rounds two and three beginning at 6.30 Eastern time tonight on YouTube on the Locked On NFL Scouting page. And tomorrow, they will get you caught up live after each round starting at 11.30 Eastern time. Subscribe to Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes to get notified when they go live. All right, Kate, we had not one, but two running backs selected inside the top 12 picks. We'll start with Bijan. It wasn't surprising that he landed with the Falcons, uh, but I just wanted your initial thoughts. Honestly, absolutely kind of like it wasn't a surprise but at the same time I was at like I still can't believe they actually did it but very suddenly this looks like a powerhouse offense outside of Desmond Ritter Um, I mean you've got like probably one of the best like you know one two threes in this NFL Bijan and a good offensive line and a good offensive line and like they made moves on the defense this year like this is a team that the the over under I think has been set on their win total all off season at like seven and a half wins. I've said I'm smashing the over, and mm. Bijan only solidifies that pick even further. I'm like he 
fits exactly what they're trying to do. I think it, it like they want to run the ball, they want to control the ball, but also like they have these elements of explosion between Drake London, between Kyle Pitts, um, and even Desmond Ritter himself when he again gets more reps at the pro level, like tested out as a phenomenal athlete at the quarterback position, like don't count him out from being utilized in, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, runway though. They didn't do it a ton at Cincinnati, like great pick, uh, felt like a luxury pick, but like, there's no way that B. John Robinson in any capacity is a bad pick. So where, where does he fall in dynasty startups? Marcus is he RB one? Probably, but it, it, the Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson shouldn't make me nervous, but both of those guys are just good players, right? And are they going to are they going to see ten touches combined a game, just enough to take a little value away from Bijan? I don't know. Um, it just bums me out because I really liked watching t- Tyler Algier last year, and I wanted to see him in a bigger role, and it's just not going to happen. That like I mean that's my my biggest disappointment. I really like Tyler Algier. And honestly, from like a scheme perspective, from a, a sense making perspective, I thought a guy like Jameer Gibbs, who we'll get to in a minute, would have been more complementary to that offense would and would have yeah. added, you know, a different element to the run game that Tyler Algier. Like, I'm not saying Tyler Algier speech on Robinson, but like they're similar style players for me. Like they're they're tough runners. They're bigger builds like they're bigger backs. They have power. Um, and I think Jameer Gibbs maybe would have been the better pick for them um, if, if they traded back out of that eight spot and, and you know, let Jameer Gibbs fall a little yep. bit. Like, just a different element of his game. But uh, Tyler Algier, I, I think we have to uh, say our piece and, yeah. and night's reprints. Uh, yeah, so I, I listen, if you were already doing rookie startups um, or rookie drafts or startup drafts, prior to the draft where Bijan landed didn't change anything. I don't know if it necessarily added value, but I certainly, certainly don't think it took away any of his value. We know how efficient that rushing attack can be with a really good offensive line and a team that wants to run the ball. So I think you got to be very, very happy uh, with that landing spot. Now, Jameer Gibbs, uh, I made a bold well, prediction well. that I thought he could be drafted very closely to Bijan Robinson on a Thursday me. show. You got me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it would be like, oh, Bijan goes 16 and uh, Gibbs goes 18 or something like that. Nope. We had Bijan going eight and Gibbs going 12. I, it's just uh, First of all, let's talk about the Lions in this fit before we get to the absurdity of them drafting a running back at 12. Um, on the surface, it's a good real-life fit for Detroit because they signed David Montgomery, who is a banger between the tackles, but just not a valuable player in the passing game, doesn't give you explosive plays. Gibbs isn't somebody who you really want doing the in-the-tackle stuff. You want him in space. That makes a lot of sense. However, I hate this for his dynasty value. I hate this for his dynasty value. I – like – even from the Detroit Lions perspective, right? Like they left Christian Gonzalez on the board. They they had a need in their secondary, I think, to to you know get a corner that could be like the future of their secondary. 
Christian Gonzalez could have been that guy. Ended up falling all the way to the New England Patriots at 17. But like Jameer Gibbs feels like a luxury pick at this point where I still think in order to round out their roster, they had other needs. And But like Marcus, I think one of the most telling things about how they felt about Jameer Gibbs in this pick I don't know if you saw the the video of the war room. They almost broke the table. They almost broke the table in celebration. Like this was clearly their guy, uh, smash except for the Detroit Lions. Um, and like from a uh, you know a gut reaction standpoint, again, hate the. I hate the pick personally. I hate it too. Um, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense from an NFL perspective, though. Like, from a fit perspective, yeah, he fits well in that backfield with David Montgomery, but just terrible. And I, and I understand wanting to get more speed and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I get it, but I don't get it. Yeah, and, it's just too rich. It's so, way, way too rich. Like, I, I still think, uh, you know, this puts him in the conversation for RB2 in this class. Um, like, depending not a lot on to what, say that. Yeah, depending on what happens later tonight. Well, I would say on – Saturday, but probably not. Probably what happens tonight in the draft. Um, but yeah, I think I think this was definitely a negative outcome for Jamar Gibbs, especially when we were looking at like, could the Cowboys take him? Could the Bengals take him? Could he be, potentially go to the Bills? Going to Detroit, where yes, they want to run the ball, but they have so many other weapons. They already have that goal line back in David Montgomery, and I mean, there's still the corpse of DeAndre Swift on this roster right now. As yeah, speaking. we need to talk. We need to talk about DeAndre Swift. That's why the Lions don't. <laughs> the Lions don't even want to talk about him. Uh, that's the bummer, right? Because DeAndre Swift, at this time last year, was like a top five dynasty running back, and now, I mean, he's either going to be buried on that roster or he's getting moved probably today. He's definitely getting moved today, like without literally without any sort of doubt. Um, line GMs, Brad Holmes on Deandre Swift. Yeah. I mean, Deandre, he's still on our roster. He's still part of our team. He's still under contract with us. Like that was his comment on the sheer lack of like adjectives when explaining the Deandre Swift situation tells you all that you need to know. Now, like potential landing spots for Deandre Swift, again, would not be surprised if we saw some veterans traded in the second day of the draft here, I mentioned uh, potential for Derrick Henry to the Cincinnati Bengals. How about DeAndre Swift? No. I kind of like it. And you're not going to have to pay a second round pick. No. If no. you're the Bengals for DeAndre Swift. I kind of like that move. How about the um, the Philadelphia Bulldogs? I mean, the Eagles, right? They have they <laughs> love the Georgia players. Why not just gra- draft another former or trade for a former Georgia running back in they have a DeAndre type. Swift? Yeah, they have a uh, let's talk about wide receivers in tight ends next. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. It's built. You've got to try it. If you're like me, trying to be a little bit healthier as we get closer to summer, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then you've got to try built bars and built puffs. Built bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so good. You're not even going to know that they're actually good for you. Uh, what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That is right, real dark chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it, but 
only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. I mean, you could still go to build.com, order you know a couple boxes over there if you would like. But now you can go to your local Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and pick up a four-bar box of some of the hit flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or the coconut puff. Or if you live close to a Sam's Club, like I do, go in there, grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff or churro puff, and you can thank us later. All right, Kate, let's uh, really quickly, we're going to just say a sentence or two about the landing spots for some of the wide receivers and tight end, not tight ends. Um, First wide receiver off the board, Jackson Smith, the Jigba to the Seattle Seahawks. It's an interesting fit. I think it's uh, officially rounded out the Seattle Seahawks as uh, the best receiving core in the NFL between DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to open up a buy window for Jackson Smith and Jigba because I think people are going to be a little bit nervous about that crowded receiving core. But we've got to remember Tyler Lockett, he's, he's, getting up there in age. I think he's 31, I believe. Um, Like he, of course, wide receivers can continue playing, you know, a bit further into their careers than a running back. But overall, I think this was a move to solidify their receiving core for the future. Um, Not necessarily for immediate impact. And like Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's the best wide receiver in this class that hasn't changed. Um, I, I think, you know, Tyler Lockett, you know, I think he's uh, often thought of as a slot receiver, but he's he's truly an outside receiver, and that slots Jackson Smith and Jigba right slots him into the slot. There you go. Um, I, like they, he's not going to be competing for snaps in the slot. No, he's going to play Tyler a lot. Lockett. He's going to yep. play a lot, um, and I think he's going to be a great release valve for this yep. offense. Like, you know. Again, I'm going to take this as a buy window for, you know, this really, really talented receiver um, who is probably going to be lining up uh, across from DK Metcalf for uh, a good number of years, which Uh, it's a it's a perfect fit for Jackson Smith and Jigba. You get to play in the slot with two guys that can stretch the field. As for his dynasty value, I'm I'm not sure that it's great just because there are two top target hogs ahead of you. And you play on a pretty balanced offense, so and I would say probably a net neutral, or net neutral, net, neg- net negative, net negative uh, uh, <laughs> landing spot here. How about the next one? Uh, we got Quentin Johnston to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, an interesting fit, but I do trust Kyle Moore to figure out ways to get Quentin Johnston involved in the offense. It was a very interesting fit because, like, out of all of the wide receivers in the class, like Jack, or sorry, Quentin Johnston felt like the closest uh, comp to like a, a Mike Williams and his skill set. Quentin Johnston, uh, you know, he, he fills a need, but I, I think I kind of pictured them with like a Zay flowers or, or somebody that, you know, might be more of a Keenan Allen type, not that Zay flowers isn't like a Keenan Allen type, but the route running's there. I, I pictured them going for a different vibe of wide receiver. Here's why I think it makes sense. Kellen Moore, I I have a little bit of experience with Kellen Moore, uh, loves guys that can make plays after the catch. Like that's what he prioritizes over anything else is guys that can make plays in space. And 
I got a feeling that this is going to be Keenan Allen's last year with the Chargers. They're probably going to move on. They might even move on from Mike Williams. But what I think you'll see is Quentin Johnson playing in the slot, doing a lot of drag routes, doing a lot of things where they can get him the ball quickly and get him on the move. So I'm not a big Quentin Johnson fan. I think I ranked him the lowest out of all the receivers that we talked about. But I think I think he had the best landing spot uh, on, on Thursday. I, I, this is a fantastic fit for him. Yeah, I think from an opportunity standpoint, there's not really any player that that any of these wide receivers that were drafted that I like the opportunity more um, than for Quentin Johnston. I I disagree, I, actually. Okay, I'd love to hear it. I'd, I'd okay. love to hear it because um, there are two more wide receivers we haven't talked about, and I have thoughts on both. So okay. I. I let's wanna... go. Let's go. We're going right in order, right? So there's like four receivers that came off the board right in a row. Zay Flowers <laughs> goes to the yeah. Zay Flowers goes to the Baltimore Ravens, I believe, at pick 22. Makes sense, right? They they needed more speed in the offense. They needed a slot receiver. I, I, guys, you have to remember the the Ravens are not going to be using a Greg Roman style of offense where it's run, run, run. It's Todd Munkin now who's going to spread things out. Three, four wide receivers on the field at all time. They needed more receivers. Now with Odell, now with Rashad Bateman coming back, they signed Nelson Aguilar in free agency. They're bringing back Devin DuVernay, and now you add, say, Flowers. This offense just got a lot more explosive. It definitely got a lot more explosive. Now, the the reason why I was sort of disappointed, I was really hoping they were going to get a, a Quentin Johnston who could finally fill like this big, explosive sort of archetype for him. Zay Flowers, to me, it, it feels like slotting him in with the Ravens, even in a uh, you know a more pass-heavy scheme, it feels like the ceiling's probably what we saw out of Marquise Brown, right? Like, yes, I would agree. And and that ceiling isn't necessarily super high. Um, you know, this I, is I, not I, my favorite landing spot for his dynasty value, but for the Ravens, it makes a ton of sense. That like that's the interesting part about all of these receivers, Marcus, is like all of these were absolutely outstanding picks uh, by the Seahawks, Chargers, Ravens, and Vikings. Like these four, this run of four picks was impressive, and I think all of these picks made a lot of sense for these rosters. But the the Chargers pick is probably the one that I'd say like the player actually, yep. you know, got some got some value back from their landing spot, as opposed to it just being a good fit for the team. Disagree. I think Jordan mm. Addison is the biggest winner from Thursday. I couldn't love the the landing spot more. He is going to absolutely crush it in Minnesota because he's going to be able to play out of the slot. He's going to play outside. He's He was PFF's number one route runner against single coverage last year, number one route runner against man coverage. And I think with Kirk Cousins, who is a very accurate quarterback, I won't be surprised if he's a thousand yards, seven touchdowns as a rookie. Whoo! I like that spicy take, Marcus. That was, that was, that was spicy. That that is very spicy. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um, now, who would you rather like? You know, all of these all the, receivers. All the have, receivers. I'll take John Jordan Addison now over all of them. In in dynasty rookie drafts, you'll yes. be drafting. Just to be clear. Yes, I'll Jordan draft Jordan Addison. Addison above all the other receivers in this class. Yes. Wow. Okay. I mean, he's 
like I, I get it from an NFL perspective, of course, like he can play all over the field. Um, just like his skill set as a, a receiver, as a route runner. Um, he's he's absolutely fabulous. Any concerns about again the size nope. and, and the upside with that size? Nope, because I think he's gonna be able to play in the slot. They're gonna be able to do some things to hide him where they don't put him in contested catch situations. I just think he's gonna be running the zero to 16 yard routes all game long. And he's just going to create a bunch of separation against teams. Number two cornerback. He's never going to get doubled. Like he's literally never going to get doubled. There's nobody else on the offense outside of Justin Jefferson to worry about in terms of targets. Like you look at the rest of the receivers on this roster. It's awful. He's going to be just fine. Uh, last one, Kate Dalton Kincaid, the B- bills trade up for them offer uh, Kincaid jumping ahead of Dallas. Uh, Again, not a great landing spot considering that they already have Dawson Knox and they just gave him a massive contract. But just wanted your thoughts really quickly before we head out. Uh, he's, you know, he was my pick to be the first tight end drafted off the board. This was clearly a calculated move on behalf of the Buffalo Bills. I think they really thought the Cowboys were going to steal their guy at 26. Um, honestly, I, I think that this solidifies him more solidly as the receiving tight end in that offense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think this is great for Dalton Kincaid. I don't know that it means, um, you know, I, I think we might start to see Dawson Knox continue to be uh, relegated more often than we'd like into that blocking role yep. because, yep. Uh, you know, we, I think you've got to get, Kincaid especially with the fact that like you knew you couldn't miss out on this guy uh I think he's going to be a, a great receiver in this offense yep. um a lot of a lot of people had the bills taking a wide receiver and I think if you weren't going to get one of these top receivers in the class Dalton Kincaid's not a bad call, consolation prize whatsoever nope and it, they're going to play a lot of 12 personnel but it's really like 11 personnel he's going to be their slot receiver if they have digs they have Gabe Davis who can play on the outside. I think they wanted their version of Travis Kelsey, somebody who gets open quick in the middle of the field and can do a little bit of blocking when you need it. I get it. I, I think for where Buffalo is drafting, it's a, a really, really solid pick. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Every day, Kate and I will be back on Monday to break down rounds two through seven and all the fantasy impact. We still have got a, a lot of fantasy relevant players that haven't been drafted between the top four tight ends left. Uh, We still have Zach Charbonnet on the board, a bunch of receivers. So make sure you guys tune in for that. You can follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we'll see you guys next time.